We're trying to conduct a serious scientific investigation. Science, logic, reason. Do you have any hard data? Now, that's what I call science. You're listening to That's What I Call Science, the weekly radio and podcast show that brings independent and interesting STEM, so that's science, technology, engineering, maths and medicine, to you from Tasmania. This show is supported by Edge Radio, Hobart's premium youth station. So head on over to edge.org.au for more information about them. I'd like to begin today's episode by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording, the Palawa and Pakana. We're recording here on Luchuita, but as we are a podcast, we would also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land from where you, our listener, are tuning in from. On behalf of everyone here, I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. My name is Ollie Dove, and you're listening to the 200th episode of That's What I Call Science. I'm here with not just one co-host, not just two, not three, but four co-hosts from the That's What I Call Science team. And we're going to be reflecting on the past 199 episodes and the 199 to come. So who are the five Twix members in the room? Well, as I said, my name's Ollie. I'm currently studying a PhD in the behavior of little penguins and short-tailed shearwaters. But within the Twix team... I'm a co-manager with two of my co-managers here, and I'm responsible for the content that you listen each week. So if you've been listening regularly, Twix, you might have recognized my voice. I seem to be on most weeks. I'm so sorry. Thank you for coming back, regardless of that. And I'm also in the editing team. So to my left, I have... Hi, I'm Hannah. Uh, I'm a PhD student, and I study volcanoes, which we call volcanology. Um, and within the Twix team, I am an editor and I am also a co-host and I'm pretty new to the team. Hi, I'm Anna. I'm one of the co-managers. I am an original Twix member, OG, way from the beginning. Um, I work in communications and media, but I started out in tech, so I was the T in STEM to begin with. Hi, I'm Georgia. I'm a PhD candidate in the field of theoretical astrophysics, where I study what's going on at the centres of some of the most massive galaxies in our universe. In the Twix team, I am on the socials team and also have done a little bit of co-hosting as well. And I'm very new, just like Hannah. Hi, I'm Kate. I'm the third of the co-managers. And I think Ollie and I started Twix at about the same time, about three years ago. So I've had roles in the social team, but now um, I work work with everyone to try and get us some funding. Um, I'm also a plant scientist. I study plant physiology, how climatic extremes like drought and freezing affect plants. Now, us five are just a very small amount of the Twix team. There are others with us. We are definitely not the entire team um, because we're an incredibly supportive, uplifting group. And throughout the episode, you're going to hear a few of the voices from our team members that couldn't make it here tonight. But you're also going to hear from past Twix members and people who have gone on to bigger and better things afterwards. Because at the end of the day, we're all here to upskill in science communication. So Kate just mentioned that we started... And a fun fact about when we started was that not only was it lockdown and the middle of the pandemic, but we were also the only two that had to do an interview to get into Twix. Do you remember that, Kate? Yep. 
Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about you, Ollie, but the decision to sort of get into Twix was sort of spurred on by lockdown. I was sort of saw the ad, thought, I've never been on radio. I don't like the sound of my own voice. This seems like a great idea, you know, <laughs> let's do this. But yes, we did. We did a little interview. It was really nice. We got to meet everyone. And yeah, it was it was really fun. I'm really glad we we sort of joined at the same time. It was really nice to be two new people starting at the same time to a really established group. Yeah, totally. I think it was probably the best decision I've made in Tasmania so far in terms of keeping me motivated in science. Why did you three join That's What I Call Science? Well, I guess I was one of the ones who started it. So Neve came up with the idea and she was just really enthusiastic and excited about the idea and she brought it to me Um I was like, okay, and then we just went for it. Yeah, so it's, it was very different back in the day. Like um, I think I was one of five and we had to do kind of everything. So we used to go out in the community with a little microphone and talk to people and come back and put it on a, a thumb drive uh, to go live on the radio, which was very scary at the time. You'd kind of pop it in and you'd hope that the recordings would work and then you'd mash buttons and then you'd watch the countdown come down for the songs and you'd just sort of be sitting there anxiously waiting and pressing buttons. But, um, yeah, it all worked out and it's been awesome to watch it grow. Um, yeah, I, was, I did that for about a year and then I left and I only came back about nine months ago now. That's so cool. And the studio being Edge Radio, our host station that we're very proud of and love a lot. So Hannah and Georgia are newbies. Well, newest newbies in the room, not the newest Twixers though. Why did you join? I got invited onto Twix by you, Ollie. Um, so I think it was around August time because we'd just been um, on a stage show um, at the Festival of Bright Ideas and it was clear that we were both super enthusiastic in science communication and yeah I think I just got invited by you and I was really getting into science communication I hadn't done too much yet in um, SciComm and I wanted to do more and I think you got a sense of that and I'm really really glad I did. And Simon who's unfortunately on holiday in Turkey at the moment was also in the play with us and has since joined the Twix team so it's like a whole little reunion from Festival of Bright Ideas. I think I got involved after I did my episode, I did an episode probably about midway through last year, um, just talking about what I'd been up to in my PhD so far. And I'd known Neve for a couple of years already. And I think after that, they realized they didn't really have anyone who sort of specialized in physics. And I have this like terrible inability to say no to people, <laughs> um, which is how I've ended up in a lot of places, <laughs> like my PhD. <laughs> And um, yeah, it was something that I had never really done before, something I didn't know much about. And as a scientist, I think when you don't know something about, you know, a thing, you get quite interested in it and you're like, oh, what's this? I'll come and give it a go. And yeah, it's been awesome. And, and to meet everyone, it's been really, really cool. It's funny to think back on when we started, that's what I call science. None of us really knew what we were doing. None of us had run a radio show before, coordinated interviews. But wow, we really smashed it out of the park and produced something really special. I think the fact that we were all just so passionate about sharing other scientists' stories and helping put others out there, as well as sharing the cool science with members of the public, is why the show is such a success. Looking back, I'm proud of myself for putting myself out there and doing something that at first was really intimidating. 
No one likes hearing the sound of their own voice. But the skills I gained from the experience are invaluable and gave me so much more confidence in public speaking, as well as just generally having conversations on topics I know little about. There's no better way to learn than to listen to someone super passionate about a topic share their story. So you mentioned that you hadn't been involved in something like this before. What do you think has been the biggest learning experience or something unexpected that you've taken away from having joined the team? I think certainly one of the happiest surprises of being part of this team has been seeing how passionate people can get about about a project that they're working on and you know, it's, it's kind of that thing where you go through uni, you go through your undergrad and you always have group work and there's always that person in group work who does nothing and you might not even know who they are, <laughs> but coming onto this show, it hasn't been at all like this and it's been really refreshing to be involved with a group of people who are all so passionate about working towards just producing good content and finding different people to interview and, and different places to take the interviews. Um, so that's been really cool. And yeah, it's been a big change from growing up through academia in, in, in university to come to this. It's, yeah, it's lovely. How about the rest of you? Any big moments in Twix? Any favourite takeaways from your time on the team? I guess it's kind of, you know, Ollie and I have been part of the show now for a few years and but I still feel that the things that Georgia said are what I find most uh, I'm most grateful for with Twix is I think we all also trust each other a lot. You know, there's a lot of, you know, you want to do this thing, great, we'll support you, we'll do that. It's not, oh, are you senior enough or oh, do you have enough experience or here because we're all having a go at this thing that none of us really know all that much about. <laughs> and, yeah, we're all sort of growing and learning together. And I think, you know, I've had a really good experience of academia so far, but I think what has helped that is Twix in a lot of ways because I've had these mentors, you know, from very different areas of STEM that I would never have met um, who are at a similar career stage giving me advice, you know, even not just around Twix, just general sort of how to navigate academia and I didn't realise quite how valuable that was going to be until like going in and sort of going through the PhD experience but yeah. Now Kate you mentioned that Twix can also support in other ways what were you involved in in 2021? There was an event that you ran can you tell us about it? Yeah so I've always sort of joining Twix and getting into science communication I've realized sort of how important it is to me to highlight how art and science go really well together and a lot of us are quite passionate about that so I talked to Neve about this and sort of said that I'd love to do something with poetry you know I've always been this scientist that doesn't feel like they really belong in science because I love literature and art kind of more than a lot of science and she was like well, why don't you do something with that? So we came up with this idea of having a science poetry competition and it was so fun. So for Science Week, we applied for this funding and I ran this competition where anyone in Tasmania could submit a science-themed poem. We had eight-year-olds to 80-year-olds submitting poems about all sorts of things and it all sort of culminated in this um, prize-giving event at the end where people got to read out their poems and it was very wholesome and Twix supported me to do it and it's the sort of thing that like you know that really that gives you confidence it looks good on your CV and it's a fun time like it's a, it's a win all around. 
a huge win. And talking about science and art, Anna, you come from, uh, how do I phrase it? You're free of the, yeah, free of academia. Thank you so much. I was like, how do I phrase it? You're free of the burden of academic journals. But you're as passionate about communicating STEM as any of us. You mentioned before that you came from a tech background. You're the T in STEM. How have you found the relationship of communicating science and STEM in general from your background? Hmm. It's an interesting question where I guess I think I can relate to what Kate was saying, feeling like I kind of stuck out like a sore thumb in tech. (laughs) And a lot of spaces I was in, I was the only woman. When I studied, I was the only woman in my class. When I got my first job, I was the only woman who'd ever worked in the tech department there. Um, And I think I've always just gravitated with that science mindset, just wanting to know what things are and, and learning new things. And I think that's kind of what's driven me and and kept me doing this. But also that it's just sort of evolved and grown with me and changed with my interests too. So my role now is more heavily involved in the media side of things or in the photography side of things. And I think there's a lot of scope in what we do to pull different people in from different backgrounds and let them kind of bring their diversity into what we're doing and open up new avenues. Hello, my name is Emma Hamasaki and I'm a co-host on That's What I Call Science. I think the main part that I feel most grateful for and believe it to be the heart of Twix um, is that Twix brings so much joy and connection to the community, the team and all the listeners. Um, It brings joy to the act of learning and also most importantly makes science of all kinds available and enjoyable for people. Do any of you have a favourite episode? I can go first so that you can all have a moment to think about it. But my favourite episode that I've recorded for Twix was the double bill fieldwork episode that I recorded remotely on Wedge Island. I was out there for five weeks and across the five weeks I had five different volunteers up to two at a time and I took one of our portable mics out to the island and you can hear the waves in the background I think you can hear the birds at one point as well and we talked about the field work and their different adventures and there was something really special about being able to have that to keep for future so even in 10 years time I'll still have the recording of those two episodes be able to listen back And you can have photographs and you can have videos, but there's something extra unique about being able to actually hear from the people at there at the time. And that was my, yeah, my favorite episode, which is technically cheating because it's two episodes in one. I really enjoyed one that you and Emma Hamasaki did recently, um, very recently, just a few weeks ago um, with some children talking all things um, birds and what they love about science. And one of the kids just volunteered to be the co-host of the show. And it was just so uplifting and entertaining. And it just, it that show will make anyone giggle. So I recommend everyone listening to that if you haven't already. 
I'm going to jump off what Hannah said here. One of my favourite episodes to do was actually when I wasn't part of Twix um, in, a, in that gap of time. Um, and I was working at a school and Twix came in and we did episodes. So I was on the other side of it, organising the students and preparing them for the episodes. And we pulled in um, what, an astrophysicist and um, I can't even remember now, but just what the students were interested in and, and just watching them and their nerves and then being really excited on the radio. That was really fun to put together. I think, yeah, one of my favourites is definitely the one that Hannah was talking about with the kids. It's awesome to listen to. But I really liked Jim Lovell's episode, which is quite recent as well, only a couple of, only a couple of weeks back. And um, it's, yeah, it's kind of a bit self-motivated because I come from a similar background to Jim, but being able to see what he did with his research and take that into a completely different field was really cool. So for me, that was my favourite because I found that super interesting. Yeah, that was great. And I think all of these, all of the episodes with youth and children, um, they're all the first ones that came to mind for me too. Like Anna was talking about just seeing their excitement and sort of being there in the moment and sort of trying to wrangle their like random thoughts into some sort of, you know, coherent interview. It's like, it's so fun. Um, but I think that maybe one that always sticks out for me is one, I think it was called Songs of Science. It was with... Um, Emily Shepard, who's a violinist, who is also a researcher, she was talking about she basically composes music about science with all these cool things like uh, kelp sort of amplifiers to change the sound and she records it in caves and it's just so awesome. And it was really nice hearing from someone who was both a scientist and an artist so, so strongly. It's a pretty generic question because... The obvious answer is very, but how, how important is science communication was the question I was going to go to because there's been a mixture of responses to when I say I spend how much time I spend on the podcast. been told it can detract from the PhD. I've sort of had to defend that I do it in my free time and, you know, I think there's a huge value in science communication. So what are all of your thoughts on it? I think it's really important in what we do to see scientists as people, not, you know, these overlords in this big white castle scientists who are unapproachable and we've got no idea what they're doing and they're so smart, but just to sort of see them as people and understand the work that they're doing. If things are kind of behind big, long articles, it's not going to make sense to most people. And I think meeting people where they're at... And, you know, seeing people who are relatable is really important. Um, and I think in what we do, like a lot of us are, are women or from diverse backgrounds and showing that representation that we do, it makes a big difference, I think. I think one of the most important things is um, similar to what you said, but um, gaining the trust of um, people who are not in science. That for me is what's what makes science communication really important because if you do the science but nobody understands it or trusts it then what's the point in doing the science yeah I think that's there's ultimately there's like two questions in that isn't there that's like why is it important as a concept and then why is it important to you and yeah I think you've summed it you've summed it up really well that it's the broader community who make decisions about what's going to happen to our world 
and we can't expect them to make decisions that even if we know that they're the right decisions, we can't expect them to make them if we can't communicate what we found out in our science. <laughs> so I think it's just like one of those really essential skills for a researcher and there's that unfortunate sort of bit of a pushback that Ollie was talking about, you know, where people are like, it's taking your time away from important research. Then you're like, but what good does my important research do if I can't express it <laughs> to people? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much more I can add to it. <laughs> All really good points. I think for me it's about the sort of accessibility of knowledge coming from a field like astrophysics. It's not super real-world relatable because not everyone has exposure every day to a black hole. You know, everyone sort of has a basic concept of engineering and knows what a road is and knows what a building is. But when we're talking about space, it's a different ballgame. And I think for me it's really important to make all that accessible so that people can feel comfortable in understanding what's going on in our in the universe sort of outside our solar system and everything like that but also just yeah the representation when I was going through school I think the idea of an astrophysicist or a physicist for that matter that I had was one of the cast members of the Big Bang Theory (laughs) and while that was a really I really liked it. It was a really cool show. Um, It did paint a picture of scientists of being of of kind of one type. And I think it's really important to be, um, to show that, you know, you can look like anyone, be anyone, do anything else. And I think, yeah, that's, for me, that's kind of the motivation. And also to get better myself at communicating my own science, because that's a challenge sometimes. (laughs) That's such a good little motto. Anyone can be anything. Hey, guys. My name is Katia and I'm the newest member of That's What I Call Science. I'm a plant science PhD student at the University of Tasmania and have absolutely zero experience with podcasting and radio. Despite this, I'm so stoked to be a part of the team and to have the privilege of sharing the amazing science that comes out of Tassie. So from my experience, at the end of my first year, I got told by... Um, a member of staff to stop science communication and then two years later my faculty gave me an award for my science communication work and recently got accepted into a group not based just on what my PhD does but also because of the science communication work and it's opened avenues to me that wouldn't have been open with just my PhD. How have the rest of you found Twix, is it opening doors? Is it opening the occasional window? Yeah, big time. Opening doors, windows, (laughs) all all such things. (laughs) Cat flaps, as Georgia just said. Um, (laughs) No, definitely. Um, I had a a somewhat similar experience to to Ollie, more more a sort of experience where I sort of went to to the people that I was um, working for during my PhD and said, I will do science communication whether you like it or not. And I, yeah, I continue to do it. And I don't think there was ever any like malice in that pushback. I think it comes from this sort of idea in academia um, where, well, and a fact in academia where you don't get credit for the science communication work you do really officially. So it then is sort of seen as something that detracts from what you should be doing. But just because you don't get academic credit doesn't mean it's not still worthwhile. And it's been so worthwhile for me. Um, and a lot of us, not only in that building community within Twix, but also um, I've been awarded like two really competitive fellowships in which the feedback has in part been this person has so much science communication experience, like 
they're going to do that component of the fellowship so well. And I, I don't think I would have got them, honestly, if I hadn't had so much involvement in Twix. So it's had very tangible benefits for me. Oh, I think I am too fresh into the Twix thing to be able to like reap the amazing benefits and and stuff. But I think for me, just um, being able to, you know, tell people, you know, I have a bit of involvement with the podcast and and then that opens up conversation doors about, oh, we do these things. Would you like to be involved with this? Or, you know, you're clearly a passionate about science communication. Would you like to come and present to my like year three class at my primary school? I'm like, yes, absolutely I would. So um, for me, it's just been sort of like personal um, sort of happy feeling things at the moment but it also just gives me a lot more motivation for my PhD you know through science communication you, you present a topic and you get to see other people's enthusiasm for that topic and that only motivates you to be like yeah actually what I'm doing or, or what we're talking about is really cool and yeah you want to continue doing that. Um, yeah I mean I guess I can talk from the non-academic perspective people in general are just very impressed (laughs) that you're on the radio and that you're doing podcasts and it just sounds so cool when you talk to people about it and I mean I I did have a career change from IT into what I'm doing now and I think you know reflecting back on all like my hobbies and the little bits and pieces that I did around my actual work I'd sort of built up this big portfolio of media work including Twix um And I'm going to be bringing that into an internship at the ABC very soon, which is really exciting for me. Um, Yeah, (laughs) which, yeah, funnily enough, is what I initially went to study when I went to university. And, um, yeah, things just changed over time. So it's it's funny to be coming. I feel like I'm coming through a back door and I've snuck my way in (laughs) to doing this whole thing without doing a degree. So, yeah, it's been awesome. I think for me, um, science communication in general has just opened up a huge amount of opportunities to me. In terms of Twix, well, I'm also quite new, but I was just thinking about, you know, what has it brought to me and actually a huge amount. So like not only have I learned all of these amazing new skills that I can use in the future, like editing and, you know, like speaking on a podcast (laughs) Um, that actually involves a bit of skill I think that I'm still trying to develop I'm not there yet and then also got contact to be a speaker or a panelist at a event called Science in the Pub and that was literally just because they'd heard me on the podcast already reaping the benefits. (laughs) so good unfortunately we're gonna have to end our conversation there thank you listener for tuning in to that's what i call science today we love bringing you stem related content and we hope you enjoyed the show if you love the show you can get in touch with us by searching that's what i call science or that science taz on facebook instagram and twitter my name is ollie dove and i was joined today by hannah anna georgia and kate we are just a few of the Twix team and from everyone here and from everyone that has ever been involved with Twix, thank you so much for joining us for the past 200 episodes. Here's to the next 200. This program was made possible with support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Find out more at cbf.org.au. You've been listening to That's What I Call Science, brought to your station and across the nation via the Community Radio Network. You can find That's What I Call Science on all major podcast streaming services and social media platforms. Like and subscribe for on-demand science updates from the team. 
That's what I call science is proudly recorded in Tasmania at Edge Radio. Head to edgeradio.org.au for more information on how you can support community radio.